And my name is Edwin. And you're listening to episode one of Dungeons, Dinings, and Dorks. Uh, so we're... Absolutely. <laughs> really, this is episode one for us, our first time recording, our first time working on a podcast that's actually a podcast. Um, it's not our... It's not our first times in front of a microphone. Uh, we've uh, worked on some audio dramas that you may or may not have heard of. Uh, Pam and I are in a group from the uh, Fancy Pants Gangsters Network called Redshift. Uh, Pam, you and I have been regulars in that. Yes, we have. And yeah. Edwin being... And, and I only starred in one. Well, not really starred, but <laughs> yeah. I had a speaking line in the third season of Redshift. Edwin is a one-liner and moral support of Redshift. <laughs> Definitely moral support. Um, yeah, we've actually been looking to get into voice acting, and uh, being part of an audio drama has been a lot of fun and a new adventure. Uh, Pam, you and... You and I took some classes, and you actually were going to go further into that. I, I did. I did. So I took the beginner's course at some voice acting school, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed being in front of a mic. And now that Redshift is kind of in a little hiatus, I, I wanted to do something in front of the mic, whether if it's scripted or not. So that's the reason why I'm in this lovely podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. You guys wanted to do a podcast? I said, sure, <laughs> let's do it. So, oh, don't be here so we are. Boy, Edwin. You oh. wanted you were to wanting to do a podcast. To do there was actually a couple started. of podcasts that we started uh, with a bunch of my friends at work. One of them was actually a British comedy uh, critique podcast that never really took off, but I'm hoping to actually get that thing started again. But I, that was my first foray into podcasting, and when uh, you two wanted to do one, and I said, let's do it. You were all too eager to say, heck oh, yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> I got to use my communication major somehow. <laughs> yeah. So, um, as you heard, the title of this podcast is... Uh, Dungeons, Dinings, and Dorks. Uh, we are uh, certified geeks and nerds. Nerd. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're into all kinds of crazy things. For example, Dungeons and Dragons. And all of us, all of us are big into Dungeons and Dragons. In fact, all of us are part of... Uh, Massive. Um, massive. Massive. <laughs> huge. There's a, how many people are in our group? Like there are nine strong. Fifty. Including <laughs> including the uh, the DM, the dungeon master. And when it Not comes to any. encounters or battles, it takes a while. We were excited, I guess. Uh, this was, I think this was our first group, Dungeons and Dragons. So yeah. we were like, let's, mm -hmm. let's get everyone in. And then before you know it, it's like a huge group. We, well, can't, was... we can hardly fit everyone in a table. <laughs> and it, it all started, we, we went to um, Convergence, which is a uh, 
It's, it's technically a sci-fi convention. I think Comic-Con, except exponentially smaller, it's fan-based and fan-run. So it's more intimate with with just people in general and not so much commercialized. Yeah, and it's... Like Pam said, it is, it is fan-run. And rather than being strictly one genre in one media, this is anything that touches on sci-fi across all media. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, it's, so it's anime, sci-fi fantasy, video games. Video games, books, old movies, super old TV Horror. shows. I, you know, I remember that during that time, uh, I know you, Angela, was very it was already interested in Dungeons and Dragons because I remember looking at um, the latest Five E Dungeon Masters guide because when I played actually played Dungeons and Dragons back in high school during third edition days and never really got back into it so it was really a surprise to me that Dungeons and Dragons came up and it was before I think the Convergence convention might have been. But um, it it had just been a kind of, oh, yeah, it'd be kind of fun to play. And then we went to the panel at Convergence where they were talking about um, how to run a campaign, how to be a dungeon master, game master, whatever you want to call it. And we went to that panel, and I was like, oh, wow. Hey, this sounds really cool. We should really try this. And then we went to the dealer's room at that same convention, and we saw that one of the dealers is a local game store called Dreamer's Vault. Um, they had the Dungeon Master's Guide and some dice, and they were like, okay, tell you what, you buy the Dungeon Master's Guide, and I'll give you a discount on these dice, and I'll give, or it was it, yeah. some sort of discount on dice, because we, we were going to buy a, you know, it was going to be pretty major purchase, and, uh, and uh, we were like, well, we do want to play. And that was a really good panel. And Edwin had been thinking, yeah, it might be, it might be fun to run a campaign. It's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's start a campaign. Let's start yeah. a campaign. And Pam, you were, you were wanting to join because you were at that panel too, weren't you? I don't remember if I was actually because I don't remember that panel. But I did have some Dungeons & Dragons experience. It's just that I've never... F- found a group that I know yeah. of. Well, it's really hard to find. It's really hard to find groups if you don't know anybody. I mean, right. you have there's there's a bit of a commitment to yeah. playing Dungeons and Dragons because you're either when you're playing it, you have you sort of have to be there or the the, the DM has to somehow make you disappear for some whatever reason and go on with a story and Speaking as a, a DM, that really sucks when you have to do that and you have to figure out a way to make it make it just sound sense. Yeah. Oh gosh, I hope I don't have to do that. Yeah, it's really hard with eight with eight players. Yeah, it's it's to get really hard together. to get the scheduling down. But yeah, so so as I was saying, we we got the dungeon guidebook and. I, 
And uh, Pam, I think after after Edwin bought that, we talked to you and Jeff, your husband, mm -hmm. because you were at the you were both at the convention, and we saw you probably like right after, like we're gonna do this. You want to be in? You want in? And you were like, yeah, okay. And then I think Jeff was a Jeff wanted to play, but he had like zero experience. Yeah, with it. So and, and then yeah, and then our friends slowly. Yeah, and I, I had invited one of my friends outside of that group, and she was into it, and her sister heard us talking about it, like, that sounds like fun. Do you think there's room for me at the table? <laughs> and so, it's like, oh yeah, sure, Th I'm sure there'll be plenty of room, and then, I'll... and then we ended up with nine people. Well, actually, come to think of it, I mean, with the help of social media, finding groups have actually become more, e uh, more easy. Yeah. yeah. It's oh, roll just, twenty. You can join any group in roll twenty if they let you. Yeah, but. I. I mean, I'm. I'm. I'm an introvert. I'm a shy introvert, and I actually get along much better through like a like roll twenty, where I don't yeah. have to physically meet them. Yeah. But I still like the social aspect of it. Well, back in the day when I first played, there wasn't anything like that. You kind of had to know other people who were playing, especially. In junior high and high school, right. and it sort of just creeps up, and next thing you know, it you know like whoever was a DM like just gave you a you know a character sheet and says said what do you do? Right, and then <laughs> oh, it's 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 I think it's harder in college because you are there and you actually have to physically go out and actually find groups there, or there are times like like me um, when I was dating my then boyfriend. Um, the only way that we could actually find a group is to go to the nearest uh, game store, which hosts D&D. And it can get very off-putting, especially as yeah. an introvert. Because yeah. you're, you're in a room full of strangers, and we're like, okay, how yeah. how weird can I get? Yeah, and as, <laughs> and, and as much as you want to support local businesses, some sometimes you wander into a local game shop, and... Particularly when you're a girl, you walk into a you walk into a game store and you could and you basically in your head hear this record scratch like like all the heads turn to look at you and and it's like you're you're in this room full of guys and it's like half of them have never seen a girl before. <laughs> See, I've I've actually experienced the opposite of it. I walk into a, a store once and my husband was there with me. He was behind me. I entered first, and no one seemed to notice me. And then when he entered afterwards, all of a sudden, some dude behind the counter is like, Hey, welcome. And I'm like, I entered too. <laughs> yeah. But I think that was a bigger local game shop, though, wasn't it? And the the one that I'm talking about, it was, it was in another state. I won't say which oh, okay. one. But yeah, it was a really small game shop, yeah, and there yeah. were only there were only guys in there. And seriously, they like me and my other female friends who were there. We were we were in there to look at some books and and stuff. And seriously, you could that record scratch. You know, it could have if there had been an actual record scratch going, it would not have been out of place. Cause I'm not even kidding. They turn the whole room turned to look at us and they just kind of 
were dumbfounded that other people were in there, much much less girls. Like, there's girls in here. Are, are those actual girls? There's girls in here. It's like this. It's, Hi guys. It's like it's like when guys are surprised that oh oh girls fart. <laughs> Edward. <laughs> You didn't know? No comment. What? You didn't know? I have no comment on that. I'm not gonna say anything about that. <laughs> Speaking of flatulence, so that's the dungeons part of our podcast. So let's move on to the dining's part. Oh, we are foodies. Hardcore foodies. Like I, there's nothing that I like more than to take in as much of a culture than through their food. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking as a foodie and a long-time foodie, there's nothing to experience culture than than it is with the food. Yeah. Food speaks about everything in in a culture. Yeah. They like you. They give you good food. Yeah. And there's there's subtleties in certain cultures that are only connected to their food. Like, I think there's one culture out there, like, if they give you a cup of tea that's half full, that means they want you to stay, but the moment they give you a cup of tea that's full, they want you out. Oh, that's new. Yeah. I didn't I, know that. I heard about that. I can't remember which culture that is. Um, future fans, uh, we'll get an email address up and running eventually, but uh, if you happen to know what culture that is, could you tell me what that is? Because I cannot, for the life of me, remember where I heard that. Or if they fill your cup of tea differently, it means they want you to go because you're no longer welcome. That's really interesting. I've never heard of something like that I, before. I read that somewhere, and I cannot for the life of me remember where I read that. Are you what? sure it wasn't through... It's not fake news, is it? No, it was... No, it, it was an article about, about, like, food cultures. Okay. It was, it was an actual article. If it is fake news, please send your comments to Angela. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, I'll I'll get an email up and running for but, the show eventually. But I think that I think it's the easiest way to kind of ease into learning about a culture because food is universal. Everyone yeah. eats. In also, a way, everyone is a foodie in some degree. Also sometimes sometimes the best way to go on an adventure is to eat something new. Right. Like, yeah. Like get a new flavor. It's 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 exciting. It's it's an experience. What's, I mean, what's that joke and in, in um that I hear all the time with with like cultures like like the Italians, especially the Filipinos, you know where it's Adam's a Filipino. By yeah, the way. I'm a Filipino. So uh, Pam's Pam. a Filipina. Yes, and it's like <laughs> they'll shove food right in front of you. And, you know, and then they go, and then what they'll do is, you know, it's like, it's like, are you, are you still hungry? Here, here, have some more food. Oh, gosh. And what's the matter? You don't like it? What's wrong with food? You know, and you're sitting there going like, you're going like, no, 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 it's fine. You know, and you're sitting there like, like you like, really want to stop eating because you feel like you're going to explode. But you also <laughs> don't want to be rude it's, and yeah. say like, no and yeah. Like when your family had that party... And I was there, and they were all, we're going, literally, not even kidding. They literally said to me, hey, Angela, um, we're going to start lunch soon, but first you must eat. <laughs> and I was just 
dumbfounded, like, did did I just hear yeah, that if right? There's, if there's any if there's any dietary similarities to hobbits, it's the Filipinos. <laughs> so you've got you've got yeah, first no. breakfast that happens right when you wake up, which is usually something like like hot chocolate and some kind of like carb like bread, and then after that yeah. is second, second breakfast, breakfast, real breakfast, which Elevensies. is eggs. Sometimes it's like. Some kind of like a corned beef or fish. or spam fish. <laughs> oh my that God, sort of spam. thing. Yeah. So first breakfast, second breakfast, eleven. Eleven Z's, which is like something like like fried bananas or something like that, or fried plantains, and then you have lunch. Lunch, and then of course you know the equivalent of tea, which is kind of you know snack time. Yeah. Supper, and then dinner, and dessert. Yeah. And oh uh, gosh. <laughs> The Philippines, I have been there once, but in the Philippines, basically anywhere, anytime we visited uh, Edwin's relatives, uh, we stopped there, they were giving me a snack. Mm, yum, okay. And, you know, a lot of the food was absolutely delicious, but uh, my in-laws, Edwin's parents... Oh, I love them so much. A lot of the food they were giving me, they were giving me these foods to see if I would eat it. <laughs> I think that's... They confessed I that that was their motive half the I time. I swear that's a Filipino thing too, where anyone who is not of Philippine descent, yeah. they, will, they will come up like balot, which is duck egg. They will challenge you to eat it and see what if you actually do or not. I still remember this where my dad, when we were live, when I was still living with my dad, and my brother's father-in-law were at my at my parents' place, and my dad just happened to have durian there, and and. What does he do? Oh yeah, you gotta eat it, you know? And he sits there with a big machete and starts slicing this thing to get the pods out. And you know, once you slice durian, and if anybody doesn't know what durian is, it's pretty much, once you open it, it smells like dead things. And here's this Scandinavian guy, you know, in his 60s, just sitting there, looking at what my dad is doing, cracks it and next thing you know it he's coughing a little bit <laughs> and coughing or gagging cough, I don't know if it was a cough or a gag but it pretty much it pretty much smelled the whole house at that point and they cut it inside the house? They cut it inside the house I swear okay. those, I swear probably those that eat durian like on a regular basis they probably have their senses numbed out like their smell it's like no like you smell you smell the durian i don't oh i love durian though it's kind of like <laughs> i work in a printing company and every time we have a visitor they would be like oh doesn't that smell of uv get to you and I'm like what and i don't <laughs> smell it i guess i'm just so accustomed to it that i just don't smell it yeah any place that has a smell you'll definitely get used to it yeah and it's one of it's one of those um, general adaptation things where you know you adapt to it and you can't smell it anymore. And yeah. So power to the durians. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I kind of <laughs> want one right now. No. Mm. No. 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 Oh, it's no. so good. Down. Edwin. Edwin, down. <laughs> so good. No. Oh, I can taste it. It's like, it's, like, it's like warm ice cream to me. It's the best. Anyways, one it's of the things... It's far from warm ice cream, just letting you people know. <laughs> it is not warm ice cream. It is oh, not so warm good. ice cream. Uh, you can't... You gotta it, taste it at least once before you... I have record, tried it. <laughs> for the record, our dear friend Edwin loves durian. Yes, I, I do. I, last time, we yes, were I out. Do. We were out hot pot. Oh, yeah. You freaked out when they found out that they had a durian... Shake. It's during smoothie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. During yeah, it was a during yeah. smoothie. And then, what did you do? You ordered it. And I can't believe I let you order it. And immediate regret. <laughs> mm. I had to sit next to that smoothie. Oh, good grief. That was... <laughs> it smelled so bad. Angela, well, you married Edwin. <laughs> I did. Edwin, I love you, but... So I guess you could say... If I can eat durian, if I can eat bullet, I can eat a lot of things that people look look at it and they'll probably turn away. Well, you also Does that make me a pretty eclectic foodie? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I, was about, I think so. I was about to say <laughs> your background as, you know, your culinary background will mm -hmm. help out with that too. I was more leaning toward that. that that's what makes you an yeah. eclectic foodie than... All that other gross stuff. <laughs> and, and me, um, I'm just willing to go on adventures when there's something new to eat. I, I like to try new things. and it's, it's For me, I like, I like how one culture can take like a potato and make so many things, so many different things out of it. Like, like, like fries. McDonald's fries are not comparable, comparable to fries, like Fritz from Belgium, which, by the way, they have the best fries. Ooh, ooh that, that has Hands to be down. tested. That Hands has to be down. tested because I'm sure there's listeners out there that would probably Fight contest me. you on that. We have, uh, <laughs> that, we have like an email. Fighting Fight words. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the Canadians might be, oh, what is poutine? Poutine. Poutine. Gravy. Yeah. Canadians might argue that the poutine is better. Did you know that you can have fritz with mussels? With mussels? Oh, we're probably going oh, to have to... really yummy. we got to find a place that actually will serve us uh, Belgian fritz. We will, yeah, so, yeah. So, so, in this podcast, we will have a very dedicated section for food stuff. Um, okay, and lastly, uh, dorks. Uh, we are... Dorks. Dorks. Geeks, nerds, if you guys have whatever not. you want to use, whatever the nom, whatever your preferred <laughs> nomenclature is, yeah. Well, there is like a dis, like almost a distinct but faint difference between geek versus nerds versus dorks versus hipsters. Uh, we will not talk about hipsters. We will not. Um, with geeks, how how would you define it? Like geeks are more passionate. Of something? Uh, I don't know. I think it's geeks? probably reverse. I think nerds uh, are more passionate. Well, nerds are more like so, uh, like intellectual. Things that, yeah, things things that they learn. They're. I find that nerds tend to be more passionate about like the sciences or history or you know things that they 
they learn about that are not pop culture, where geeks are like, oh my gosh, I love this thing that just came out. It's so awesome. It's, it's you know, a pop culture thing that may not actually be all that popular. I remember, I remember someone trying to explain this to me because I always considered myself as a nerd. And you are a nerd. Yeah, I'm a nerd when it comes to computers and technology completely. Such I mean, a computer nerd. Yeah, I mean, well, I code. Are you are the tech, tech, tech <laughs> yeah. person. Yeah, Edwin podcast. is our producer. He's, I, he's got I, all the tech stuff yeah, up and I fill around with Raspberry Pis, Arduinos, and code in C for them, and Python. But this is a way that someone explained to me the difference between a nerd and a geek. A nerd is an expert on something completely niche. Like, they're very, like, for instance, comic books, right? Right. A comic book nerd will tell you that in so-and-so issue, in so-and-so issue of a, of the golden age of comic books, so-and-so fought so-and-so, but died or something like that. It's very, very niche, and they can tell you, like, this encyclopedic mind what that is. Versus a geek is more... Generalized? Generalized, broad, oh. in terms of, like, like I can be a tech geek. Yeah, I have a, you know, I have an Apple so, Watch and a, so, and so, a so, laptop so, that's high-end because I'm a gamer. So nerds are niche and geeks are general. In a sense. Someone can, I mean, you can test me, contest me on that. Yeah. yeah, but that's how it was explained to me, and it sort of made sense in my mind I remember watching this one show. I forgot what what channel it was, but it was it was like a bunch of you know nerds battling it out on sort of a reality game show, and it was oh, and yeah. it was just it it kind of fit to what the definition was I, I in the comparison. Show, wasn't it called like King of the Nerds or something? King of the Nerds, yeah, that's it. King of the Nerds. I heard of that, yeah. And it was like the science nerd who knew everything about like astrophysics. She was actually an astrophysicist physicist for NASA versus a comic book nerd who could tell you things from the Silver Age. So they were very, very niche and they had to come together as a group and to then, like to like do things, like to win competitions. And then eventually they had to go mono a mono. Yeah. So that to me was that to me was like a fit. It was like okay, yeah, now it really makes sense. By the way, kapla is the one word of Klingon I actually know. <laughs> I know zero Klingon. I'm more I Star know. Wars than Star Trek. Sorry to the Trekkies. I'm trying to get into Star Trek, but I grew up with both, so I got. It. I don't know why it's harder for me to get into Star Trek than Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, it's well, Star Wars is more of like. Is it like a story thing? It could be. It's... I mean, when you talk about when you talk about Star Wars, you're talking about like the days of like um, what do you call those like adventures from like 1930s, 1940s. Those comic. Uh, I I. Not pulp comic. No, but... I I think it's more of the atmosphere of it, where um, I think Star Wars leans. A little towards the fantasy side of Star Wars, or it's very fantasy science. side. Yeah. yeah, it's the fantasy side of sci-fi, whereas 
Star Trek is strictly sci-fi, and they go really sciency and yeah. futuristic, and you know, Star Wars again, yeah. it has kind of the the antiqueness of you it. You don't see you don't see the damsel in distress kind of motif in Star Trek. Even if it was that, it would be like maybe one episode. Versus Star Star Wars is basically that, right? Well, it's did you just hero. call Princess Leia a damsel in distress? Well, no. In a generalized term, I mean, you could say she's that she damsel, is but because she's far from distressed. <laughs> yeah, as far as from distressed, but like in Episode Four, that was basically the generalized storyline that Luke's a hero, even though we didn't know they were brothers and sisters at the time. Right? Right, right. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but we didn't know that. And here comes Luke, hero, saving Princess Leia from the Death Star in Darth by, Vader. By the, by the way, Edward, you're supposed to say spoiler alert before you give the spoiler. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I don't think it's much of a spoiler anymore. Well, there's a joke. <laughs> anyway... I don't know. For me, for me, I don't view myself as passionate because I'm more general. If it's cool to me, I, I, I like it, and I do not consider myself intellectual or smart. Although I do love learning, that's the reason why I I mostly identify myself as a dork, because. Really, I I just like stuff, just general stuff, and I like learning about new stuff. It's all about this stuff that I like. Yeah, and and here, um, my siblings always called me a geek. Like my my brothers, I have older brothers and a sister, um, but my older brothers always called me a geek, and you know it was I I feel that I do get pretty passionate about things that I like, which I guess so, and it's, it's pretty general, so I guess geek with, with our, with our, uh, tenuously agreed upon, uh, definition, I guess, I guess that does make me a geek since I have a lot of interests, and so it's like, yeah, geeky, geeky. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I guess that does qualify me as a geek. I think there's also another aspect that kind of differentiates between all those terms, geek, dork, dweeb, nerd, nerd, and everything, is the whole awkwardness. Yeah. Yeah, there's... there's... I excel at that point. You do excel at that. I do. I do it so well. And it's adorable. There's a lot of insert foot into mouth. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's... Yeah, I do that a lot. I I'm good at inserting my foot into mouth. Like I like in my workplace, I work in an office setting, and I don't have that many people that are into comics or Star Wars or all or any of that. So when I found out that one of my coworkers was into Doctor Who, oh, the spasm meter just jumped to ten, and I'm like, oh my god. Who's your favorite doctor? Oh my god, I I like Tenet, but I also think Eccleston was also a very good intro doctor. Um, Matt Smith was kind of I don't know. Too, I wouldn't say young, but let's use that word anyway because he was young. He was the youngest doctor, yeah. But yeah, I I like Tenet, and I might be the only one that actually likes. I like a lot of doctors, huh? But I actually liked the um. 
Peter Capaldi? Yeah, Peter Capaldi. I actually like Peter of, Capaldi which too. Which a lot of people did not like, and I was surprised. It was rough around the edges. But it was something different, yeah. I, it was, I think. It wasn't, I mean, he wasn't the young um, Doctor Who that we, you know, anybody who's yeah, watched the, the, the current Doctor Who's, yeah, the, they're, all, they're all young. They're all like in their 30s or 20s and that sort of thing yeah. that, you know, they look good. Then yeah. you got Peter Capaldi, who was in his 60s. Yeah, and he was, also, like he was also a Doctor Who fan. And yeah. yeah, back when Doctor Who was brand spanking new. Right. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that Doctor... I mean, I guess anybody who's ever watched the old Doctor Who, guess well, what? The first Doctor Who was an old guy. Well, Doctor know? Who, I think, was supposedly started off as for educational purposes. Oh, yeah. Before yeah. entertainment. Yeah, because um, I, I watched some of the classic Doctor Who episodes, like the first Doctor. I absolutely love the first Doctor. He's He's got his little quirks, and, you know, you, every once in a while you see that this little glimmer of mischief in him. Right. He's your, but I think he's your perfect grandpa. He is a perfect grandpa. And I think that's the reason why people didn't like him, because he was probably too strict yeah. Like like too much of a teacher, but that that's what the show was yeah, intended. <laughs> yeah, and oh gosh, I I read a thing. I read a As thing. You do. <laughs> I I read all kinds of things and I can never remember where I read them and I wish I could. But I read a thing that said um when when the first doctor decided that he needed to retire and they decided they wanted to keep the show going and they introduced the the regeneration. Mm. The first time the doctor regenerated, everybody who watched that show just went completely nuts. <laughs> like they could not believe what they had just seen. They just. Like nuts in a good way or? Yeah, I, I <laughs> guess. But they just went completely nuts, just bonkers. And it's. Yeah, they they just never thought such a thing could happen in a show, and so it continued. And, and yeah, it's. I used to be terrified of Doctor Who when I was little, but now I go back and see it like, this show is great, except for that one. Yeah, except for that episode. I remember that episode. <laughs> that episode still freaks me out. You have to admit there are some scary Doctor Who episodes, even as an adult. Come on. I, I question statues every time I cross a graveyard. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not too terribly freaked out by statues, but there are some Doctor Who episodes where I will not watch them with the lights out. If I'm going to watch those episodes, it has to be daylight. Otherwise, I'll get freaked out. And so, I, will never, I will never look at a, sh at a potato. Homicidal <laughs> potatoes are the best. So, for those of you have that have never seen a single Doctor Who episode, do yourself a favor and just watch it. It's on it's on Amazon Prime, and you can see the old uh, Doctor o Doctor Who is the really old ones, the black and white ones on YouTube. So there's also yeah, there's also the newer ones. Um, if you do go back and watch the classic Doctor Who. Be advised that there are gaps in the episodes. Oh, yeah. It's cheesy as heck. Well, no, there's... 
there's gaps in the episode because some of the episodes are actually oh. lost. Oh, like yeah, you're they, talking about yeah, yeah, like lost they, episodes, yeah. Yeah, they... Because the only way you... Back when the show started, the only way you could record a show is if you actually had a camera set up to record the screen that was right. that was capturing everything to put it on film. They they couldn't just go directly to film because they were going directly to broadcast pretty much. So, and yeah. and a lot of the episodes that were actually put on film, they didn't plan to keep those because reruns were not a thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So so they they just put them in storage. They dumped them, and there there are still canisters with those old films showing up. Like, I think they found a few episodes somewhere in Africa, I think. But I don't know if they were able to restore those or not. I don't know. And some of the shows, all they have left is the audio. But, um, anyway. Moving on from... That will be for another episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um... So what's up next? Uh, Pam, you had something to tell us about. So, this is a segment we call OMG Shut Up and Listen. That is the purpose of this meeting, ladies and gentlemen, to lay the foundation for a nationwide campaign by you to demand by law such compulsory education. I'm an avid Vocaloid fan. So, so um, for anyone that knows about Hatsune Miku or Vocaloid, yeah, you guys understand me. So, there's. I just found out that there's going to be a new Hatsune Miku Project Diva game that's coming out for the Switch, which I'm totally excited for. That um, is very exciting. It's actually been a while since the last Vocaloid game came out, and so far it's been released in the PlayStation, PS4, to be yeah, specific. I, I think that last one was PS4, yeah. The last one was actually the last actual game that they sold out in disc form. Yeah. That one wasn't as good. Not very well received. Um, but for those of you that don't know what Hatsune Miku uh, Project Diva games are, um, it's basically a, a rhythm game. So you press buttons to the beat of the music and it gets progressively harder. And the buttons show up, like, right in front of a screen of, of Vocaloids singing. So not only do you have to press the buttons on the beat, you also need to focus on where, which button you need to push. So it's basically like Dance Dance Revolution for your fingers. Pretty much. So okay. Do, have they announced uh, what the name of this, this one is going to be? Um, not yet. All I know is that I'm really excited. They just, for it. So have have they announced uh, a general time frame or just that it they are making one? I know. I, all I know is that they are making one, and I am looking forward to it. And it's actually surprising that they put it out for the Switch, considering the other games were for the PS4. Yeah. It might come out later on for the PS4, but now that I think the Switch is more accessible, more affordable for so that, you know, more people could actually play the Switch, or the Vocaloid games. Yeah. It, it's, it's probably got a lot of legal stuff going on behind oh, it, too. With, vo with Vocaloid games, there's a lot of legal issues. Not only 
game-wise, but also since every song is different, they're not all produced from the same studio. There's always copyright issues. Yeah. Usages so, and everything. Anyway. So I got a question, which leads me to Our the next, next segment. segment. Let me tell you a thing. Okay. So... What is up with Asuni Miko? Okay, well, first off... Well, I, I understand what the appeal is. I don't. Like, I played it. I bought a game for Angela. He did Hatsune buy it. Miko. It's a good game. I tried it. Yes. I don't know. Explain it to me. Okay, well, first off, this segment, Edwin... <laughs> It'll usually be Edwin. It'll usually be Edwin, but Edwin has a lot of questions about how certain things are popular. Or what the appeal is. Or what a thing even means. I'm not going to be the first... I'll be the first one to admit that I don't know everything about... about pop culture, geek <laughs> culture. That's why I sort of... I pretty much put myself in the realm of nerd because I'm pretty niche, so... Yeah, he's... <laughs> yeah. So, Pam, I think you are best qualified to explain <laughs> where Hasune Miku popped up from. So, so Krypton Media basically brought on this software, the Vocaloid software. The Vocaloid started off as a music vocal software that people could buy and use to create their own songs and such. Um... Because the way I understand it is that these aren't real people. They, their, their like main their vocal bank was by certain singers, but then they they later tweaked it so that it's their it's the Vocaloid's own voices. If okay. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So they had their own personalities, had their own style. At the and the characters didn't they start out as as just characters for advertising? Yeah, Hatsune Miku actually got popular because she was used to market vegetable juice. <laughs> vegetable juice. Seriously, Let look me, up look to up little po kids, I assume, because how how do you spell that? Popipo. 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 Look at I'm guessing P O P I P O. Yep. That's okay. the name of the vegetable oh. juice. That's some name for a vegetable that you're like, yes, it, don't, don't, but just, don't mess that up because just, it's going to sound bad. But exactly. <laughs> just imagine trying to have someone sing Popipo, which is a tongue twister in itself. It's so much easier to use a vocal synthesizer to just say it, other than have someone slur the words, spit on the mic a lot, and have multiple takes. Okay, it makes sense to me. So, how did that transfer into Dance Dance Revolution for your thumb? Um, so, Hatsune Miku wasn't actually the first, the first one. In fact, I think she was, what, the third one? Um, so when they brought it out as vocal programs, some artists, a lot of artists that are not not, how should I say, official or whatever? They started... So, so freelance artists? So they, I don't, well... Maybe. Maybe. 
but they started finagling around with this how should this voice look how should she how should she dance what's her personality every voice from krypton media has its own personality and its own use there are other vocaloids like rin um she her voice is more used for rock rock songs okay um there's also male voices kato who is I like I like Kato's voice. I love Kato. It's like <laughs> it's like a very smooth male voice that isn't doesn't really hit. Um, He's my fiction crush. Sorry, <laughs> yes. He has blue hair. <laughs> <laughs> and then there are other ones. My my favorite vocaloid is Luca. She's the pink haired chick. She likes takoyaki. Okay. I, and I relate to her. And there are just these certain things that, you know, people just tag on and they and then all of a sudden vocaloids were formed. They are their own character. They're no longer viewed as as a voice program. Or just basic mascots. Or or they're they're basically anything that people can use. Seriously. They are used for dancing programs, MMDs, and games. Okay. Because there was this thing that I saw, <laughs> okay, I've only played this game once, okay, and, and I don't know, I'm thinking about playing this, <laughs> well yeah, I'm thinking about playing this, um, and pulling myself playing this because just, I'll give it another chance, but one of the Do things it. that, one of the things that, that I was a little, I don't know, something about making the house, putting stuff in Hatsune Miku's house. Oh, he's talking about the DS one. And oh, like getting that, like different wardrobes. The, the and DS one. Going, okay. The, the DS one did go a little Tamagotchi, but yeah, take yeah. care of your Hatsune Miku. Yeah, and if you don't, they get mad at you, and you have yeah. to apologize a million times by tapping the screen. <laughs> what the heck is that? I, it's yeah. close, I think it's. I think they're trying to have it so that it's just more than just a rhythm game. It supposedly gives the Vocaloids more more life to it. So yes, it's more Tamagotchi, yes. My Vocaloids okay. are so mad at me and my DS right now. <laughs> Don't worry, my, I, mine is mine are too. Okay. Alright, well, I'm going to try to give it another chance. Try... And Did you ever get the arcade for the PS4? Not the arcade one. Okay. I don't know if it's free. <clears throat> Probably not. But that well, is fun. That's solely just rhythm game. So there's Solely just rhythm yeah, game. Yeah, so there's, okay. no, there's no you don't, story. you don't have to pet their forehead or dress them up or whatever. It's just solely a rhythm game, but you have so many um, songs that you could play with. And the difficulty, you can choose your difficulty. I will actually be, I would love to see you try extreme. Oh my. I don't know. Because, you know what? Yes, okay. So, I have pretty nimble fingers, but. Oh, dear. Extreme? Oh, yeah. I'll try it. In, I'll try it. And. Uh, I'm I'm probably gonna fail it. <laughs> in so. in Japan, in Japan, they don't use like the PS4 controllers. They actually have 
a huge pad that you lay out on a desk. It's as, almost as big as a desk. And instead of pushing it, you just basically drum it. You drum it. You drum it. That would be so much easier. Oh, wow. That is actually easier, in my opinion, other than just having your thumb fall off. <laughs> I don't like when my thumbs fall off. Oh, they're... I I'll... have to reattach them, and then it gets messy. I've, I've, had, I've had issues with my thumb because I would play it on hard mode. And then all of a sudden it just sticks. And I'm like, I think I'm done for the night. And, and then you end up with blisters on your thumb. <laughs> like, like cramps in your I'm thumb for like, ah, playing way too much. Yeah. <laughs> it happened. It's exercise for your thumbs. Yeah, it, oh gosh, no, thumb cramps are the worst. It's, it's... I cross stitch and blisters on thumbs. Oh, they hurt. They do. <laughs> they hurt. So, oh, wow. so check out Vocaloid Games, they're on PS4, the DS, and sooner or later, the Switch. Yay! I'm excited about All that right, now. Alright, so I'll try, <laughs> I'll try the one on the D DS, because I think that's the only one we have. But if I can get my hands on the one for the PS4, I, I'll try that one, and I will report back. So. <laughs> um, the next segment we're going to is called Food Talk. Food talk. Alright. Because we love food. Insert bumper music here that we don't have yet. Oh! We do have music! <laughs> I don't have one. That's the only one I have. <laughs> <laughs> it works, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, being foodies, we like to try new foods. And there is a place um, that we've discovered that we like, and it's called Tokyo Sushi. So we live in we live in the Twin Cities area, and sushi is plentiful. Plentiful here. There's like a. It's almost like there's as many sushi places as there are Pizza. Panera breads and and caribou coffees. Caribou coffees. You, there's and there always there's always one that's showing themselves in a Groupon somewhere, so it becomes pretty, it gets, it gets pretty affordable. And yeah. a little overwhelming. But yeah, we, we went to a place that we call, that we found called uh, Tokyo Sushi, and um, it's one of those places where you pay a flat fee to start eating, and they will just basically keep bringing you stuff as long as you're ordering. And, uh, Pam and Jeff came along with us, and, uh, you know, that's the best way to do a place like that is to go as a group of at least four people, because the more people you have, the more you can order and not have to eat absolutely every piece of the roll if you decide that you're not a huge fan of it. And it's all for a flat yeah, it's, price. Yeah, it's How a much was it? Like twenty four ninety five or something like that. Twenty nine ninety five. Was it something like that? It depends on the place and it depends on the hour. Because I yeah. know some. It's not. It's not cheap if you don't get some kind of coupon. It isn't a cheap thing to do. Yeah, it's it's not super cheap to eat it that way. But if you do go and do it that way, um, you know you can you you keep ordering, and you know you find some that you like, and it's like okay. We each had one bite of this or two bites of this. Let's order it again because we really like that and we yeah. can have another bite of it. Or you can be like, oh, we had this roll, but eh, not our favorite. Let's get something else. I think 
I think the roles that we really liked was, was it the snow crab roll? Yeah. It had, it had something it snow was in it. Snow Mountain, I think it was called. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That was one was like... good. And there was also like a dragon roll. Yeah. That was one that had a kick to it. Or it might have been the spicy salmon. I don't know. That one was I, good too. Yeah. I like the spicy rolls. I like them. But yeah. Oh gosh. There was, there was one roll that I really didn't like. Well, there were two. One was the pizza roll that did not taste at all like pizza. I don't think we had that. <laughs> or a roll. We never. I don't think we actually <laughs> ordered that. Was, that. that one. <laughs> no, we we've had it at at places before, and no, it was a different deep fried one. And it <laughs> yeah, the other I, one was deep fried. It was supposed to be their special. It was like at the bottom of the list, and I'm yeah. like, okay, well, let's try this. And it was yeah. deep fried, and I think when they deep fried it. It, it kind of wrecked everything else. Yeah, it. Yeah, I, I wasn't keen on that one, but like the rest of the stuff, I thought it was pretty good. Like, like the deep fried one, <laughs> the deep fried one. Grr. Um, the deep fried one. I think, I think the fish actually got a little cooked. got mushed and cooked. Which yeah, I don't it, think it was supposed to. It, yeah, it, you actually liked it. Or yeah. you didn't think it was as bad. I it wasn't was as gross. bad. I mean, it was it was a thing that they tried, and, and like we, anything in a sushi restaurant, you know, they have to have some kind of yeah. something to, you know, put themselves apart from other sushi places. Yeah, I mean, they, they've got to have their signature roll. How many yeah. sushi buffets are there in the cities? Yeah. I mean, there's one down over in uh, <laughs> in on Main Street here in uh, that are still open. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, there so are open. some. Well, there are some that have opened and some that have closed. Yeah, and and some really good ones that have decided they're no longer sushi restaurants, which makes me sad. Yeah, I know. I'm sad about that <sighs> too. I miss that. Place. There's a lot of. I mean, when it comes to sushi, I'm usually, like, just give me the fish. Yeah. Oh, so you're you like, like the um, the, su- the sashimi? sashimi, sashimi, yeah, the sashimi, yeah, the sashimi way of doing things, nigiri. Mm-hmm. That's it, you know. I'll, I'll some you know from time to time I like a roll, but for me, I feel like it's taken away from actually the fish, the taste of the fish, and that's what I usually go for. See, I so, would I would have to argue. I actually like what they do with the rolls, where it's combining different flavors. They're they're playing on yeah. they're they're playing on the different flavors that that each thing brings. I I like how they combine the flavors. So that's just my opinion. I, I also like the fact that they could hide like a little bit of wasabi. So when you actually take oh, it, you're like, oh, boo! Yeah. yeah, and all of a sudden your nasal passages clear up. I, was I like, love oh. that <laughs> For those that have never been to a Tokyo place, do not do what I did the first time I went to a sushi restaurant. The green stuff on that plate of yours that are in front of you is it's, not avocado paste. It's delicious. It's wasabi. Only take a little amount. Thank God I just did take a little amount. But um, I did not know that it was wasabi. I thought, I was like, what is this green stuff? <laughs> so I took a little, put it in my mouth, and then I have never thought that I would suffer a panic attack so quickly before. And I was looking I was looking at my husband, and I'm like, oh my God, I think I'm dying. <laughs> so give yourself oh a gosh. wasabi bomb. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I did I not know what wasabi. I did not know what wasabi was until yes. that, and I'm like, what is that? And, uh, and okay, it it's basically it's basically a variant 
of horseradish. Right. And yeah, it's it it'll burn <laughs> your tongue a little bit, but it'll more go straight to your sinuses. Oh yeah. And the more the more yeah. wasabi you get, the hotter it'll be and the more your sinuses will be cleared. It's almost like if you've ever had hot mustard, it oh. does kind of the same thing as that. Luckily, I've never had that. All I know is that I've dubbed wasabi as the yeah. angry, the angry green radish. Yeah, it's, it's seeking out for revenge. Yeah, it's and, the Hulk. Yeah, and most wasabi paste is not made from the actual wasabi plant because that's been over harvested, I guess. Oh, that but, doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, they're 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 usually using. A variant of horseradish. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, if you have a cold, you have allergies, especially during horse this time, ranch. just you just get a little bit of wasabi paste on your, Do not on your tongue. Yeah. Don't. Oh. Yeah. It's yeah. actually quite interesting how, you know, how with normal pepper, it just yeah. kind of sits there it's, and it's thinks about it and then will bite you, but it will stay in your mouth. Yeah. With wasabi, it, it, shoots, it shoots upward, like... Up through your brain, and I'm like, and then all of a sudden you're like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not something that can be cleared with with eating ice cream or drinking no. milk or anything like that. Oh, no. but it goes away. It goes away. It doesn't linger. It just but, goes but away it's, like it's, pretty it's much very, like after. It, it, isn't it quick though? It's yeah. It, oh, like, it, boom, and then yeah, <sighs> yeah. It it goes away pretty fast. It's just that moment where it shoots up your nose. It's like I can, I can breathe. I'm not sure if I enjoy this way of breathing, but I can breathe. <laughs> but yeah, but it's interesting though. I actually liked wasabi after that moment. Yeah, it's maybe not the first, maybe not the best first impression of it, but yeah. I, I don't know. I know. I don't know about how you guys eat your sushi, but I like eating mine without the extra wasabi or the soy sauce. Yeah, I I like a little bit of soy sauce, but I love extra wasabi on mine. Oh yeah, I, you I, love yes, you spicy. Do. I love yes, spicy. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I am nuts for spicy foods. I will try them if 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 there is an option to try it. I will try it. <laughs> I think my favorite thing in the rolls in sushi places actually are the oyster, the oyster sauce. Oh yeah. Oh um, yeah. Oh, are you talking the the eel sauce? Was it oyster or eel sauce? Eel Either sauce. way, it's it's yeah. it's this yummy brown sauce. It's like a syrup. Yeah, it, it of goes. Yummy goodness. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it, it goes on the eel rolls. I can't remember what they're called right now. I, I wish I could remember. It's yummy. We're just, we're just gonna call it eel sauce until someone tells us otherwise. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna make our own. Name. I think it's like we're unagi. Make our own names. I think it's unagi, but I can't remember. I think it is a muggy something. I don't know. Yeah, it's it is. it's super yummy. That's what yeah. I hear about. So anyways, um, if you're in the Twin Cities area, check out uh, Tokyo Sushi and tell us what you think about it. It's over there on Zane Avenue on 610 in Brooklyn Park. Share what is you like. Is that Brooklyn Park? Yeah, I think it's Brooklyn Park. Share what you like, share what you don't like. Yeah. And again, we'll, we'll leave you a an email address eventually. Um, otherwise, uh, once this is posted, you can put it in the comments section and let us know there. Oh, yeah. Uh, next up, we've got Adventures of a D&D Character. Now we present the hilarious story of their further adventures. Um, so what further adventures have you brought? <laughs> oh, gosh. 
Okay, I am part of now uh, several different D&D groups. <laughs> Aside from... <laughs> I'm, right now I've got uh, the nine player, the, the nine person group. Um, we also have, I also have a uh, first time player group that I'm starting up very soon. And, um, and two smaller groups. Well, one of these smaller groups, um, we, we have a little bit of a lighthearted uh, <clears throat> atmosphere to that one. And we have a very eclectic group. Edwin plays a, uh, I think you play a ranger called Balnor. Yeah. 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 We have Balnor over here. <laughs> He's a fixer, don't worry. I'll take care of it, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, so he, he, he plays a ranger called Balnor. My character is a, uh, my character is named Pepper, and she's a halfling bard. I love Pepper. Um, we have a, a, uh, tiefling, what, what is tief, what is Angus's role? I, we've got a tiefling named Angus, and I think he's a rogue. He's a rogue, yeah. yeah. It's been a little while since the group has played. And then we have a... He's not the, he's not the most friendly character in the, in the group, but put up with him. Yeah. There's always uh, one in every group. There's always <laughs> one in every group. It's okay. Balnor okay. is human, by the way. Uh, and then we have the elf cleric named Silriel. Um, Cereal? Silriel. <laughs> We call her. We call her. Wait, I call wait, her cereal. <laughs> we do call her cereal. Cereal. Yeah. And is guys, she a killer. Oh no, she's, she's a cleric. She's a cleric. Her. Anti killer. The anti killer. No. Guys, if you ever, future fans, if you ever decide to play Dungeons and Dragons, learn to love your clerics. They can be some of the funniest characters if you give them a chance. Uh, but it's, yeah, like, this... it's like any, it's like any MMO that anybody's played. Wow, Final Fantasy fourteen, any of that. Love the healer. Love the healer. Even if but, you hate it, pretend to love it at least. Yeah. Uh, but I, I genuinely love our healers. Um, but anyway, Silreal, we were, we were going into this little dungeon crawl with this other group, and uh, we. Our characters got led into the sewer to find the source of this undead disease thing. So here we are. We just got into this fight. We finished up the fight, and our tiefling had wandered off in the middle of the fight. As tieflings do. <laughs> As tieflings do, because we, we were almost done. You know, we, we were wrapping up. So the tiefling wandered off and looked through this door and, you know, got knocked out. Like, oh. Well, okay. The cleric was a little tied up in healing the other characters. My bard wasn't really needed anymore, so I was like, okay, well, I'll go heal the tiefling, because I still have this one little healing spell. It's not going to do much, but it'll, it'll get him back on his feet until we get things going. Well, my character is curious to a fault. <laughs> She is the fault. <laughs> yeah, she is. <laughs> yeah, my if my halfling, I'm not as I'm I'm not ashamed to admit this. My little halfling bard 
gets it gets the groups into more trouble than anybody else does. Well, she 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 uses her tiny heel spell on the tiefling and is like, oh, there's a closed door there. Let's behind that door. The trap's already been triggered. I'm gonna look through that door. Opens up the door, and inside, you know, there's this gelatinous cube. <laughs> and we can see other monsters through gelatinous cube, but the gelatinous cube is blocking the door. And Silreal, the, the cleric, comes up like, what's that? I was like, that's a monster. That's a let. Okay. Gelatinous cubes are, as they sound, homicidal giant cubes of jello. So, <laughs> it's this, like the blob. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's pretty much yeah, like the blob. Yeah. Like, yeah. like so, B-movie blobs. <laughs> so, so here we are. I, I'm just like, I've, I've never actually encountered that. Like, but I'm, I'm sure my character would have heard of it. Like, that's a monster. That thing is a monster. We have a monster in our... That's a monster in that room. And so our tiefling, you know, back on his feet, is like, I'm going to touch it. <laughs> and so, you know, Quick touches it and pulls away real fast. Like, the, it's, it was a little sticky, but he was able to, to pull his hand out. And then it's like, huh, that was weird. And then the cleric's like, here, here, let me in. Let me in. I want to poke it. <laughs> and pokes it. She, our, our cleric, she pokes it with her bare finger. She's like, yeah, I've, I've got my finger. I'm going to poke it with my finger. And our GM is like, okay, now roll me a strength check. She failed her strength check. And here she is, her finger stuck no. in the gelatinous cube. Like, guys, I'm stuck. I'm stuck, guys. Guys, I'm stuck. <laughs> now, way in the other side of this dungeon crawl is... Me and I forgot what his, his character name was. Bilbo. Bilbo. The There's, gnomish paladin. He's, he's gnomish paladin. Group. Yeah, and <laughs> I'm dying here. Okay, my character Balnor is dying, and the only healer is stuck in the gelatinous cube blob <laughs> thing, and I'm in the other side, going, um, I'm at like six health. Because Bilbo decided to trick me for for gold, so so he, he didn't trick you for gold. He tricked you into to triggering a trap yeah. to get to the gold that he split with you. Yeah, well, at least he split with you. Yeah, what good My is my character knows nothing about that gold? What good is splitting gold when you're dying, when you're dead? <laughs> That's how he how he get you. Yeah, pretty much. So. Yeah, so it was a bit of a conundrum, and we didn't, technically we really didn't know what was going on on the other side, but it nobody is, could heal me. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just really funny, because here my character's like, guys, guys, that's a monster. I've heard about these, that's a monster. And they're like, I'm going to touch it, I'm going to poke it. And then our cleric gets her fingers stuck in the gelatinous cube. And that was, that is hands down my favorite thing that that player has ever done with her character. It was just the <laughs> funniest thing. She explained it to us later on why she had her character poke it, but that's, that's stuff I can't, I don't want to reveal it because I don't want the, if the other player, if the other players listen, I don't want them to figure it out. 
But if this is you, holla. <laughs> <laughs> holla. Yeah. So it's it's knowledge that we can't let our characters have because the characters don't know that yet. Ooh. But yeah, it's it's but it's it's just the funniest thing that she has done so far. <laughs> ah, D and D. So stay tuned for the next adventures of D and D characters. All right. Um. And entertainment. We have some entertainment for you. That is one joyful imperial march. <laughs> that is quite... You can't help but bop your head to it. This long. There they go to the concentration camp. Okay. So... <laughs> Whoa. Well, that went dark. Whoa, that went dark. <laughs> that escalated quickly. Disney World. Send okay. your comments to Pam. <laughs> anyway, so fight me. <laughs> so we got we got the well. This will be switched up every once in a while, just you know, because we'll have different ideas of what we what would be fun for us. Um, but this time. We are discussing uh, various situations in which Superman would have to fight heroes from other comic books, shows, movies, whatever. Well, I was just curious with how Superman being such a great hero, I am rolling and my eyes right now. And so OP. <laughs> It's just like, is there any <laughs> villain that is worth such a goody two-shoes? What do you or, mean? Or another hero that's not Batman who could take him down if necessary. Oh, you mean... I don't like, know. <laughs> it's, well, when they Sorry. made Lex Luthor, I don't know. I didn't think that Lex Luthor was a very good he's, challenge for Superman. Yeah, he's he's definitely not a hands-on villain. He he gets other people doing his dirty work most of the time. So we need like a good fight for Superman. Like, who could take Superman down that's not already in the DC universe? Oh, so we're talking... Are we, are we going, like, within the realm of the DC universe, or I, are we I going think, out? I think outside of it, because DC... Let's go out. Yeah, because DC can, can throw Superman at whoever they feel like throwing at him, and oh. they've... And, I, and, you know, I, I don't think size is really... a big factor because I was in my mind that's like oh let's let's throw in King Kong or Godzilla against Superman okay. I'm like given, I don't think that's such a challenge to Superman either given the knowledge that I have with comic books because I don't have anything like my knowledge of comic books is what I've seen in the movies so right, right. so here's the thing if I were to choose who to go up against Superman I would say Thanos from MCU because he's pretty much <laughs> Superman. What I've seen from him, it took a while to kill this dude. It, so, you do have a point because all that Thanos can do is just collect stones and just snap Spider-Man into oblivion. Yeah. What's yeah. Superman gonna do? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. No, but if if it's not Thanos, go Thanos. And the whole army thing. Superman has taken out whole armies before, I'm pretty sure. But if you're if you're talking like if a superhero from another from another franchise had to take him out, 
A superhero? Yeah, if, if a superhero had to take him out. Oh. Who, who do you think could do that? That's not kryptonite. I'm trying not to. <laughs> yeah, if, if yeah, if if kryptonite is not an option, because if kryptonite is an op- if kryptonite is an option, holy cow, Spider Man, Krypton boy. <laughs> well, if 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 they have kryptonite available to them, holy cow, Spider Man would take him out in a heartbeat. You got rumbling going on. It's an earthquake. No, no, it's just a neighbor. <laughs> it's trash day in my my neighborhood, so. <laughs> that's a th- I can never remember what that sound is. It's like, like the aftershake of California. Uh, okay. <sighs> You're like, what's that? Okay, back to okay. Superman. Okay. Speaking so yeah, if yep. so, if if another hero were to take Superman out, and Kryptonite was available, uh, Spider-Man would take him out in a heartbeat because he's smart and a scientist, and he'd have access to that kind of stuff, especially if he's you know mature Spider-Man. Is there such a thing as a mature Spider-Man? <laughs> in the comics, yes. Actually, oh, in the comics, okay. Yeah. Whoa. Or if, if <laughs> even in the movies, I mean, the into the yeah, Spider-verse? into the Spider-Verse, yeah. yeah, the blonde, the blonde Peter Parker Spider-Man. That one could have taken him out, taken Superman out in a okay. heartbeat. Okay, into this. Okay. Yeah. All if right. if you're if you're if you're talking com- comic books or into the Spider-Verse, the the scientist, mature Spider-Man, he could take Superman out in a heartbeat because he would have access to kryptonite. And of course he'd know about kryptonite and be smart enough to use that as a weakness because, you know, he is a genius. Um, Thoughts? If, if you're... Because, <laughs> you know, ba- that's how Batman takes out Superman and pretty much anything that you go... If, if Batman has access to kryptonite, Batman uses kryptonite. Is Spider... Is sorry. Is Superman ticklish? What? <laughs> is Superman ticklish? I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? I don't know, cause in my mind, <laughs> in my mind, because I could just imagine Squirrel Girl just tickling him, just tickling all the squirrels and, and on Earth, and just scrolling up uh, Superman and just tickling him to death with the bushy tails. And considering Superman's morals, he would be helpless to fight back. Yeah, and plus Squirrel Girl is like, just laugh, just laugh. (laughs) Oh, whoa, okay, speaking of laughing, Superman or Deadpool? Oh. Oh, that would be such a long fight. That's a good Um, one. Oh, but that would be such a comedic fight. It would be a comedian. Bring on the popcorn. <laughs> yeah. I looked. I uh, I pay money to see that. <laughs> yeah, I I I wouldn't be able to <laughs> I know I know you wouldn't be able to. <laughs> I yeah, it's the, I don't know Deadpool well enough to begin with. It's like I'm I'm just seeing that fight going on for ages, especially if someone's offered Deadpool a large enough sum. All I know is a Deadpool will just talk, and will he'll continue to talk, and talk, and he's been known even though his head has been severed from his body, he'll continue to talk, and talk, and talk. 
Anyway. You know, send us your thoughts because at this okay. point, um, I'd love to hear what your uh, and talk your uh, thoughts are. Oh, hang on, hang on. Oh, you got one more. Okay. Superman and Doctor Strange. Ooh. Ooh, that is that is pretty cool. Ooh. Doctor yeah. Strange. Oh. Yeah. I have my bad is on Doctor Strange. Solely because yeah, I Can you just like go back in time? Just like, like, oh I screwed up. Let's go back. Oh I screwed up again. Well, Let's then, go back. well then he also <laughs> jumps through portals and such. Yeah, I I think Doctor Strange would have a good shot against uh Superman. I don't know Doctor Strange's main villain well enough to say if if his villain would be able to take him down. You're talking about the huge face dude? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Time loop. Get him stuck in a time loop? I think that's like Doctor Strange's. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty Maybe. good. If you can get him in a time loop, then pretty much Superman's done. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. And, and if there's no kryptonite available, Iron Man would not stand a chance against him. Iron Man? No, don't get me started on Iron Man. Uh -oh. <laughs> I will not be uh -oh. started on Iron don't, Man. Then. Don't get me started on Iron Man. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, and Captain America would not be able to take him. Thor would not be able to take him. Um, Hulk definitely would not be able to take him because Hulk just smashes. Yeah. I, I don't think he'd be able to take him. Um... No, I, I I think Doctor Strange would probably be, if there's no kryptonite, then Doctor Strange I think would be best shot. Doctor Strange and Squirrel Girl together. Yep. Yep. Combine their efforts. Squirrel Girl for the distraction and Doctor. And Doctor Strange <laughs> will just take him out. Yep. All right. So. Okay. So your thoughts. That's yeah. All right. Yeah. So let's wrap it up. Um. Again, uh, this has been uh, episode one of Dungeons, Dinings, and Dorks. Uh, you can find us on various social media. I'm on Twitter as uh, Pleasant Doom. Yep, I I am also on Twitter as Panda Cat Dragon. And I am also on Twitter, and I don't actually know what my Twitter handle is. Well, well, but you can find me on Facebook, you can find me on Instagram. Um, just look me up, Edwin, and um, see what I'm, all, what I'm all about. Yeah, we'll, we'll get you actual Twitter accounts for Edwin at a later date. But thanks for listening, and I uh, hope you listen to us again. Hope to hear from you. And take care. Bye. See you in a second. Episode.